how's it going? Hope you're staying safe. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Other Expats Podcast, the podcast where we feature and talk about the experiences of African, Black, and people of color expats in Malaysia. My name is Chuku Dibala, and I am your host. On this episode, our guest is Dani Mazua. Dani Spanish settlement expert specialist at one of the world's leading backyard and scanner manufacturers based in Malaysia. This is your host Chukudi and you're listening to the Other Experts podcast. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Uh, my name is Dani Mazura. I am originally from Zimbabwe. And uh, I'm currently uh, based here in Malaysia. I've uh, been working here. Um, how I ended up here, uh, it's, it's, a two part, uh, it's a two-part story. So actually, uh, back in 2013, I moved to Malaysia for university. Um, so I went to one of the, one of the universities in KL. Um, I was doing um, hospitality. That was my, um, the field that I wanted to go into. And I was always growing up, uh, I was always fascinated in just traveling, going to hotels, just meeting people from different cultures. So I felt that was uh, something that I was very interested in. Um, I had other passions uh, that I was into. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, motorsports. So I was looking into uh, sort of mechanical engineering and automotive engineering, but I just felt uh, perhaps my uh, IQ wasn't up to par with uh, the other people that were in those industries. Uh, so it's still, it's still a passion. Um, but I felt just going into a field where I, I got to meet people from different backgrounds, I was able to express myself. And that's what drew me to, um, to the travel and tourism, the hospitality industry. So I was at university uh, from 2013 until 2016, end of 2016 graduated in 2017, worked in KL um, in 2017, and then I went back home to Zimbabwe uh, at the end of uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. And I was still applying for international jobs. Um, I felt um, I would have more of a, a better opportunity uh, with my skill set and um, just being bilingual in in other countries and the company that i'm currently working for reached out to me uh, in 2018 went through the interview process go through that and moved to um moved to penang in um, at the beginning of 2019 and uh, that's where i've been based uh, for the last two years so that's uh, a brief insight onto how i ended up in malaysia you also speak spanish uh, I speak Spanish, yes. Um, so how the Spanish came about is um, my parents, their, their job allows them to, uh, to travel around and work in different countries. So for high school, throughout my high school, uh, from eighth grade until 12th grade, uh, I was based in Cuba. Uh, mm. So my high school was uh, an international school in, uh, in Havana, uh, which is the capital city. So through school, through just socializing with friends, uh, I was able to to pick up Spanish. And from there, it just, um, the funny story about it is when I when I first got there, 
being a, a, a young African kid, I'd, I'd traveled internationally before, but it was always to English speaking countries. So I got lost. Uh, I think it was in my first week. <laughs> and I was now asking people for directions. I knew where my house was, but just getting back was an issue. So everyone that I came across uh, only spoke Spanish. And I think at that young age, I was like, in my head, I was like, I, I need to learn this language if I'm going to, you know, get around. Yeah. Um, so the funny story is by the time I got home, I think it was probably three hours later, mm. uh, my parents were already in panic mode. <laughs> Obviously, at that time, Naturally, I was a 13 year old yeah. child. Yeah. yeah. So over the, over the next six months, um, Having, having friends as well, having joined the school, it made it easy to, to pick up the language. And I used Spanish extensively until, uh, until I finished high school. And then after high school, I didn't really interact with a lot of Spanish people, um, right. but I kept sort of just reading up on, um, on Spanish newspapers, news articles, uh, just watching movies and, and comedies in, um, in Spanish just to sort of keep it polished, keep it brushed. Um, I never thought it would lead me down the path of it being part of my career. Mm. Uh, it was just something I was, uh, you know, proud of uh, doing just uh, an additional language that I had. Only later on, um, when, after I actually moved to Malaysia, and I realized there, there were certain uh, roles that they, they needed people that uh, sort of speak, that are bilingual, essentially. Uh, I think a lot of people here uh, like the, the probably Korean or the Indonesian or um, they're from Thailand, some of these places where they need someone who speaks English and another sort of um, Southeast Southeast Asian language. Yeah. But those more um, European languages were there's also a niche for that. So it's it's a very um, a very niche sort of market yeah. in, in in Malaysia and. It, all, it also helps that the, the level of competition for people going for those jobs is very minimal. Um, you, you need that uh, unique selling point. You need that something that will make you sort of stick out of the crowd. And um, I've been fortunate enough that Spanish is, is, is one of those things. So, so being able to speak Spanish, you, you, say, you think it's definitely been an advantage um, in your job career prospects um, in Malaysia? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think we, we are all um, sort of, uh, we're all sort of educated people within, uh, within our field. When recruiters go through uh, all of our profiles, they'll maybe look at our qualifications. So we've all been, for us to be here, we would have needed to go through, you know, university in whatever respective fields. And then, uh, there will be certain aspects where um, you sort of stick up. Maybe for some people, it will be having an MBA or having a PhD. Um, that's perhaps some of their selling points. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's been uh, it's been the um, sort of that going down that bilingual uh, route. All right. What are some challenges that you'd say that you encounter as a black expat, um, work-based or otherwise? I know that we all have different, similar, but sometimes different challenges being black, um, uh, being people of color in, in 
Malaysia. Um, how has it been for you? What's been your experience? What's been your challenges? Um, so my, my challenges have been, um, it, it, it's varied in the degrees of uh, what I've experienced. I think it was more apparent um, when I was in university, um, especially in that first semester. Okay. I was the only African uh, in in my class. So every, everybody's trying to sort of, you know, you, you, you look at people you're familiar with. So I remember the, the first group assignments I did for certain classes uh, were with people that I just met in class, people that were more curious. Oh, you know, we have somebody that's, uh, that, that's African in our class. Uh, let, me, let me work with him. He wasn't able to get into other groups. And I, so I think those, those first assignments were difficult to integrate with, with some, of the, some of the other kids. You knew, okay, um, I, I have a better chance of you know, getting a higher grade in this, in this subject um, because these people seem to be interacting a little bit more in class. So it's only after maybe the first semester when people see, okay, you know, this person actually needs business to actually here to, to actually study. Um, they, you know, participating in class, they're getting um, good enough grades. Then second semester onwards, you then start, you know, people start trying to include you in, in, in group projects and, and stuff like that. Um, and even, um, I think in, 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 K, in KL, there were a lot of, um, because it was an international university where kids were from, from all over the place. So there were other sort of Africans. It's only when I then ventured out into, into other uh, sort of parts or if um, I went to like, a, like an event with some classmates or some friends where, or like some, some Malaysian weddings where you're the sole uh, black person there. It, it, it was met with, um, it, it was like a mixed bag of, of encounters. There were certain people, obviously, that had that curiosity of coming and approaching you, hearing your story. And uh, you could see certain people give you that look of, oh, how did this person, you know, yeah. um, end up here? And something of that nature. Sometimes it doesn't have to be anything verbal. You can sort of see from a visual cues of, of the person that perhaps they feel a little bit uncomfortable um, so I think for me, um, I've, I've noticed that and I, I try and make people comfortable. Uh, obviously there are a lot of stereotypes, um, of African people here. So it's obviously you, we can't, you know, we, we can't, we can't save, um, the, the entire race, but it's with the people that we interact with or come across is to let them know it's, um, it's a right for you to, you know, welcome us and we're, we're, um, just as driven as you are and we i think one of um i remember my first semester somebody asked me of all the places you could have gone um why malaysia <laughs> and for me it was more i'd never been to i'd never been to asia before it's a part of the world that i hadn't traveled to i'd been to some of the other continents so it was just another place i was visiting whereas most of my local friends here if there were Chinese, perhaps the only trip overseas trip they'd taken was to go back to China uh, with family and then back. Some maybe had been to Australia if they had uh, some ties in Australia, but that was about it. Uh, they hadn't ventured out to, to sort of Europe. And so for me, 
with, with, with the friends that I had in uni, it was more of they were sort of sponging those experiences where I'd share, you know, those some of those international uh, experiences. Because most of the friends that they'd had were, if they were Chinese, they'd only been around, you know, uh, Chinese people. If they were Indian, they were mostly been around sort of Indian people. So I remember uh, the, after the first semester, I went home for, for Christmas and they're used to these flights being maximum four or five hours. And I was offline for maybe 12 hours, mm -hmm. even more. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got home and I checked my WhatsApp, uh, my friends were freaking out. Hey, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, I just got home. And it was 24 hours later mm -hmm. that I actually got home. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, when I came back, having to explain to them, bringing up a map, like, look, this is where we are. And this is, <laughs> you know, this is where home is. Yeah. I have to fly this route. It's not like a direct flight. Yeah. So things like that. Um, but I think it's, um, I've, I've always been a, um, a happy-go-lucky person. So even in, there've been moments where I've, I've come across uh, racism, where even when, when driving, you get stopped by police, uh, they immediately assume you don't have all of your documents in place <laughs> yeah. and they do get a bit aggressive yeah. and you, I, I, I just keep a calm mind and my, my thought process is um, I'm here legally. I'm, I'm not doing anything out of uh, out of the ordinary. So there's no uh, there's no point in you know meeting them at the at that level of uh, you know um, if, if they're shouting, if they ask me for anything, I, I show them the documents. Um, look, I'm here working. I'm, I'm here. I have a driver's license and all of that. And you can also tell when you have that confidence in yourself it, it, it changes their demeanor as well True. Um, they, they then approach you in a, in a in a slightly different way and there have been moments where people have then apologize oh I, I assumed this mm. and that and um, I've always just been like ah you know just approach everybody differently don't don't go by the stereotypes that you've heard um, we're all you know chasing our dreams here <laughs> what's your crowd like basically here? Um, do you hang out with mostly foreigners or locals or like, is it a mix or, or what's that like? Uh, so uh, at the moment, it's it's mostly um, other expats. Um, apart from the, Wait, the locals that I... Other expats, other expats or other expats? Um, other expats. All right. Okay. <laughs> Just yeah. clarifying. Uh, so other... <laughs> So other expats, um, that's in my in my current role in as as, as a working adult. Right. Uh, when I was in university, it was more I was more around um, Chinese um, Chinese people and a few Vietnamese and Korean. Uh, those were people within my circles. I also had uh, friends that were also Zimbabwean and other um, sort of um, African nations, but mostly um, if it was sort of work um university related uh it, it'll be mostly chinese and and sort of korean and vietnamese and then if we were to play sports or if we wanted to you know on the weekends then it'll be more um with other african people yeah yeah so the the locals don't play sports <laughs> uh no they they, they do uh <laughs> they do uh i think 
uh, I was part of the the basketball team at the time at university, and most of them most of them were were, um, were Chinese. I believe it was just myself and a friend of mine who were African, yeah. uh, but the rest of the team were even even the rugby team was the same as well. It was a handful of um, African people, and most most of them were were local. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, when you say Chinese, you mean like you mean Malaysian Chinese or like um... Malaysian Chinese? All oh, right, all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's been your like favorite aspect of the um, Malaysian culture since you've been here? Um, what aspects do you? What aspects of the culture do you do you enjoy, and and what parts don't you um, like so much? Um, what I, what I enjoy the most is because we have three main cultures here so we've got the malay we've got the chinese we've got the indian so it's you you get to experience all three of them at the same time i i think for from from my experience i've experienced more of the more of the chinese part of it and then partly of the of the indian and then maybe a little bit less on the um on the on the malay side i think with the with the university that I was at, uh, there weren't a lot of um, Malay people that were there. Right. The ones that were there were more Westernized, so you didn't really get <laughs> much the, of that uh, culture. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, much of that uh, local culture. Right. Um, but being here in Penang, it's it's, it's a melting pot of of, of different um, individuals. Um, I've been to a few um, events. Uh, been to a, a Malay wedding, which was uh, quite an experience. Uh, but this was back in KL. Um, it's, uh, it's 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 always a, a grand event, uh, and and a lot of uh, a lot of people. But so what I what I enjoy is there is a lot of just you you have the choice of um, experiencing all three at the same time. And with that being said. That's the other side of it as well, where if you have friends of this culture, they will have an issue with the other culture and they'll have an issue with the other culture mm-hmm. within within Malaysia itself. So you can only imagine what it is when somebody is actually not from Malaysia <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you're, you're here. Um, so I think that's that's one of the, the one of the biggest issues I've, I've always had where it's 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 a bit of uh, stereotyping that that that, that happens uh, right off the bat. Even um, I always look at it if if it's amongst you know people of the same nationality, how is it going to be when you know you're somebody that's from a from a different country, different continent altogether? Um, yeah. But I think stereotyping is something that um, we all do. Um, uh, I think even being black, we also tend to stereotype sometimes it's it's something that human beings do unconsciously absolutely yeah absolutely uh and one thing i uh, i've noticed here is that the people that when when they see you they are genuinely curious to hear your story um how how you ended up here and those are the those are the people that you I have to say, for the for the most part, those are the people that I've met um, that are sort of curious. Hey, how did you end up here? Uh, are you studying? Are you working? If you're if you're in a grab, they're always very cheerful, uh, asking a lot of questions uh, on the on the on the drive. Mm-hmm. And then you you then get the other experiences where um, 
you'll be walking in the street and the lady, you know, clutches a, a handbag <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You see it from the corner of your eye and you, you try not to, you know, let it get to you a lot. But you, you do notice it. It's, it's very it's very apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're both, both sides as well. But I think um, it's more of the positive uh, that, that I've come across of people just genuinely trying to hear more. I, I think in the wake of, you know, Black Lives Matter, even if you don't have any uh, black person within your circle, you absolutely heard about, you know, the movement that was that was happening. So some people have had that that curiosity just to sort of hear, you know, a little bit more. But I think that that brought more lights of, look, we, we are black, um, but we also, you know, we were striving to, to better our lives as, as much as uh, the next person. So some people have had that uh, that curiosity of also trying to learn because I think sometimes we forget that we are in a we're so far away from home, and for for some of these guys, I could walk outside today and go to the shop, uh, and I'll probably come across somebody that's never come across a black person uh, personally, like you know, in in their life they've probably seen uh, a black person on TV, whereas back home, just coming out of your house out of your gates uh, it's, it's you know people that are that are similar to you all right um that's that's quite interesting and i kind of i don't know how to feel about that the part about some people who um in 2021 haven't um, met a black person before uh but somehow they still somehow have opinions Although I think that's the stereotyping, so maybe um, that we yeah. can just attribute that to human nature. Uh, but then there's the the part you you talked about um, um, following the Black Lives Matter protests from last year. Um, on the I think it's still technically ongoing even now. Um, yes. And how people are starting to look like they are interested in the story behind black lives um it feels like a trend um and at this point a lot of companies are companies brands are kind of jumping on what maybe i should call the bandwagon of um, black lives matter and putting black lives first um, which I personally think is just a trend that will, um, at some point, they'll decide, okay, this um, marketing strategy isn't selling well anymore, so they'll turn to whatever it is they were doing before. Um, but, but what are your thoughts about that? I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, I think for for most companies, it's, it's the optics. It's the um, how can we, do we have, I think when, when, when things like this happen, I, I've always looked at it as they, they look at the, you know, the, the, the workforce. Do we have any, any, any black people within, within our company that can come forward and be the ambassadors for you know, this journey that we're on? And I, I feel some companies are going about it the right way, but I've always been, uh, I am a quiet person in nature. So whether you support it or not, 
it, it is uh, it is fair to bring awareness to it, but it should not be the selling point of your organization. Like, ah, we have uh, this percentage of um, black people. Like, like we said, stereotypes um, are there in, in the world. And for some companies, they're, they're using this as a, as a marketing ploy to, to further enhance. Because at the end of the day, what most companies are worried about is our bottom line. Uh, are we making a profit or not? And like, like social media, I'm sure there are a lot of challenges that happen and people move on to the next one. I think with what, what one thing that I've, I've noticed with Black Lives Matter is, is there's a lot of awareness of it. But within that awareness, what is your organization doing to change the, you know, the, the, the course of, uh, of the future? Yes, we know how, how history has been, how few, few black people are in these high, um, high positions in the company. We're not saying promote us to those positions. What we are saying is if you have the same experience the same qualities as, as somebody um, that is of um, a, a different skin tone give us the same opportunity we understand you cannot hire everyone but give us that opportunity to you know at least be put on the map and there are companies that it's if, if you notice when you apply for a job uh, a lot of them will say equal opportunity or an equal opportunity organization yeah. And I feel sometimes it's just for the paperwork, for the optics of how it looks to the world. I was going to say that, uh, but it's good you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it then comes down to um, the the people that are in, 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 in HR. It, it comes down to one person making that decision. Um, and it could, you never know, maybe they have a, 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 a wonderful experience with someone that's black or they've had a negative experience so we might not discuss it or it might not be apparent but it comes down to the person in hr to sort of make that decision of okay we're gonna hire this person uh because you know their, their resume or their work experience stood out um but what, what i would like is for even some of those people higher up in the company to okay to recognize, okay, these are the changes that we need to do in our society. Uh, how can we, you know, change the course of, you know, past events of, you know, people being, you know, ostracized. Okay, you're black, so you, you, you belong in this box. So more, what can we do to bring change other than just bringing awareness to, you know, Black Lives Matter? All right, yeah, that's, I think that's, that is like the part about the um, companies, including the whole equal opportunities employer. Um, that sometimes is funny uh, because like just after that point, they ask you for like what race you are, where you're from. Um, exactly, exactly. Um, I and think, I think... Yeah, sorry. In, in, in Malaysia as well, um, I've, I've had a few job interviews where perhaps the person from HR wasn't aware of the, of the process they need to go through to get us, you know, work permits, somebody that's, uh, that's foreign or African or something of that sort. And uh, this is probably going to sound a little bit, uh, I'm not sure how it's going to come across to you, 
but maybe um, from my accent, you would probably wouldn't guess that I was African. Yeah, true. So I've had phone calls, even looking for houses here or <laughs> applying for a job where it's just your name without a photo. Yeah. You, you speak to them on the phone and when you then meet in, in person, it's... And there's a surprise. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a shock. Or if I order grab food <laughs> and I go downstairs and, and yeah. get my food and they called me like a few minutes before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit for sure. Yeah. They, 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 they have to ask just in case, are you getting <laughs> before giving me the food? So stuff like that. Um, but also it's, it's, it's human nature. Yeah. Uh, you, 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 you're looking out for yourself. And like I mentioned earlier, yes, they, they, they may have seemed like people just walking around in the mall outside but they haven't had that interaction um, with, with someone. So I think um, that's, that's where some of those uh, differences then, then sort of come in and, and sort of kick in. Um, I've always been, if I don't get the job, I will eventually get a job. Maybe yeah. that's not the door that, you know, I was supposed to walk through. Um, also, if there is a hint of, um, of racism towards a job it could have been high paying but would i be happy in that organization in the long run like is is it an opportunity i would embrace wholeheartedly so that's uh that, that's another way of looking at it as well with, yeah, with so, housing it, yeah. it, it's it's very common yeah um and i also just i've had friends that are local as well and they've also gone through the same or in in the advert it'll say um chinese only yeah or this race only yeah uh, obviously, it's their house. They're entitled to, you know, have whoever they they prefer. Yeah. So usually, when I when I see those, or even just to not waste each other's time, usually when I when I reach out to them, it's it, it is sad, but I do specify that you know um, I am African. So we yeah. we can have a conversation for two three days. Yeah. And then you you realize who I really am, yeah. and then you know we we wasted time, both of our time actually. Yeah. So sometimes just getting that out of the way look uh, i'm looking for a place and and this and that so yeah yeah that's that's i think it's quite important to get that straight um, i think the malaysian government at some point last year was trying to um pass a law to not allow people choose um who can stay in their apartments, but I think that's not going to work out very well. Um, I don't think yeah, they, they went ahead I, I with don't that. Think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I am aware that there are certain. I remember when I was in university, there were certain condos that had a, I think it was just a management agreement yeah. where they did not allow yeah, no properties blacks. to be rented yeah. to 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 African people. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, obviously, won't it won't be in writing. It will yeah, just be a what, what we call like a, yeah. like a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate that we even find it funny at this point because it kind of is um, to me. Like I don't know um, how bad it has to be that you have to reach that point. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think on some level, I think maybe I, I just find it funny as a way of coping with um, something as harsh or as extreme as that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, it's, been, it's been a kind of tough year. Um, and 
I remember back in February um, 2020 when we all thought um, COVID-19 was just going to be a two-week problem and then we'll be back to normal. And we've been at home for an entire year. Um, what, what's, what's it been like for you as a black expat um, away from home, away from family? Um, what, what's, what's it been like? What's the experience been like for you? Um, the experience for me has been um, maybe not as, as challenging, I think, because for since I was 18, I was always away from home. And I think it's it's been made easier to sort of um, cope because your your parents or your siblings are one call away. You can just call them on WhatsApp and check in on them just to just to hear how they how they're doing. Um, obviously, being so far away from home, it's 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 difficult, especially even now with all of the tests that you need to do if you wanted to go home on short notice. Um, but just being able to one of the positives that have come out is just just embracing uh, just the, you know how how blessed we are in the position that we're in, where we were still you know we're, we're still employed, we still have um, our loved ones. Um, we might have lost um, a friend here, a family member there, but just being thankful that you know so far we were still you know. Um, still alive uh, yeah. that's the bottom line of it uh, but i think some of the challenges um for me i was it was an easy transition uh i i, I stayed home most of the time of, on the weekends so just it was just bringing bringing work home essentially <laughs> for, for my experience yeah i think what i then miss is maybe on the actual weekend itself just going outside for a little bit or just you know taking a drive within within my local area i think that's that's the uh the aspect that's that's changed the most uh but i wasn't much of a i do go jogging and i do go hiking those the hiking part we can't really do right now but jogging wise i still i still go out and do that i think if i was maybe somebody that was into a lot of uh socializing and and all of that then it, it, it would drastically affect me but it's been a pretty smooth transition but also um i credit that also to to the just the the nature of the industry that i'm in just customer service you need to you know adapt quickly to your to your surroundings and yeah all right that's that's good to know at least uh, and and what would you say um despite all the like you've you've not it sounds like you've not been impacted or affected so much um, by the, um, the pandemic. Um, what would you say um, has been like, um, what good things have happened to you in the last, in the last year, um, at least to, to make it more positive? Um, I, I think just on, on a positive note is just... Uh, being appreciative, I think we, we always try and plan so far in, into the future. Uh, like like you said earlier, we thought um, it was just going to be a two-week problem. I think when it started, people were still traveling around. It was just after Christmas. And 
will be like, ah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm planning this trip in April or I'm planning this trip in <laughs> July. It's yeah. still going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think just toning it back down. And, and I think what, uh, what's been a, a positive for me is just seeing how people have been, you know, supportive of, of one another in, in, in such difficult times. Uh, there are people that, uh, you know, lost their jobs, lost their family members, um, lost the house or lost whatever it is and supporting local business. Uh, not just, uh, not just talking here in Malaysia in general, but back home, if you know someone that, you know, has, um, like a, like a, like a shop that sells whatever it might be, just, uh, buying one item from them to, you know, just help, help, help them out. And also how it's, 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 it, it has brought people together. I watch a lot of YouTube videos uh, of, you see someone that goes into a shop, maybe they, they're trying to go viral and they don't have a mask on. And people that have never met each other before, they all come together and say, look, we we're trying to protect each other here. We're not going to you know, offer you our service uh, until you wear a mask. So it, 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 it has brought people together and maybe if life had you know had been normal if we were still going out it we, we do wonder would you know black lives matter have gotten as much traction as it would have if it was under no normal circumstances we don't know but obviously because people needed you know something else to you know think about in in those moments it it's it puts such a such a big spotlight on it um, so that is something positive that, you know, uh, came out in, in the year and yeah, um, there's always two sides to, 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 to every coin, I think. Yeah. For black expats trying to move or planning to move to Malaysia or even students who've been here, you were a student here before, before you, um, came back and started your career here. Um, what what would you say to to people like that, to people of color experts, black experts, um, African experts who are planning or considering Malaysia as a place to be an expert in, basically? Um, what I would say is um, make sure you, you understand how Malaysia operates first. Just reading... Um, reading articles, hearing from, if you know somebody that's, that's been here before, reading up on that. If you're a student, I think uh, it, sometimes it comes down to the university that you go to where maybe you, if, if you go somewhere where there's a, a larger, you know, black population, uh, you might feel a bit more at home. Uh, some people will feel more comfortable within, within uh, that setting. Some people are more outgoing so they will go to to the private university and and mix with other kids from um from other other places so i think on a, on a university side that that's um it, it's it's more easier to to sort of pick malaysia because that one is down to can you afford the tuition mm -hmm. or not that's 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 the first um sort of obstacle to get through there aren't many barriers to to you getting here if it's uh, if if it's studying if if you meet the requirements, education wise, and if you have the means to, um, 
you know support yourself here most likely you will you will get the role um but what i wanted to focus more on is when you then sort of transition into into work or if you're considering moving to malaysia uh to work um i think understanding that um you you're not gonna there isn't sort of like a like a retirement plan where you can retire here in malaysia unless you amassed enough wealth to you know be on mm2 age um if you decided to um, marry someone that's local uh it doesn't mean that you're gonna get malaysian citizenship or it's just going to be a, a visa renewal every x amount of years um if you uh also if you are to bring a uh, a partner or spouse here there is a, a a lot of processes that 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 you need to go through in terms of uh, making sure that you have a marriage certificate, making sure um, that they understand that whatever work they were doing previously, uh, it might be hard getting a job here. Uh, so it might be a two-month process, might be a six-month process, might be a year process, or they might not work at all. So just understanding those parts. Those are the more negative parts of it, but also understanding that it is a beautiful place to be. It is, it's an opportunity to be working away from home, you know, being able to help out family back home. If you're in, in a position to, uh, you're nine hours away from, from Sydney, you're, you know, four and a half, five hours away from Hong Kong, you're an hour away from Singapore so many beautiful places around you even here in malaysia so i think it's, it's it's down to your personal preference and how you see it is the glass half full or is the glass half empty yeah. uh, i i i want to look at it as the glass is half full yeah. Um, yeah. of all the negative um, things that are there there is so much positive um, that that we get from it we where you know we we're in a, in a in a different culture and you can go you can go outside and you can you have the option of ordering nasi lemak or you can order okay. some some chicken some some tandoori or you can have some some um some chakwetiao so you have so much so much culture to to embrace um and also you don't have to worry about buying a a jacket because it's always warm here yeah. that's that's one other thing as well so there, there's so many positives um i wouldn't say i wouldn't tell somebody oh never never come to never come to malaysia what i would say to somebody is be open-minded i think if if you're if you've grown up in a certain environment where everybody looks the same as you, you sometimes we do feel intimidated when we're at, when we are in a new environment, and it's 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 fine to be intimidated, but also we also have to realize we got here because we're worthy to be here. We got here because we're qualified enough because we, if you're coming here for university because your high school grades were good enough you to to get a place i think once we get over that hump of knowing i belong here it you know opens up our eyes and and helps us embrace the moment if we're always living in fear of ah oh, 
there's a roadblock there i'm african we will never fully experience that 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 malaysian experience we'll always sort of live in fear so we need to get through those 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 first humps yeah that's i think that's the that's an interesting conversation that i want to have like the the part about technically the imposter syndrome um the part about feeling and knowing that we belong where we are um, but i think that's a longer conversation that um <laughs> that we'll need to have on a different day and a different time um uh, but for now you you did mention like um the nasi goreng and the kwetiao um what 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 are your what or what is your favorite malaysian food if you have one so for me it's uh very simple uh go to your head choose one right now right now if i have no option of what to eat right. i just go and get um some you are not sure <laughs> any any sort of any any sort of egg fried rice uh okay. so egg fried rice as as the base whether it comes with the chicken or it it comes with pork right. as long as it's uh egg fried rice i can i can have that um any day okay durian yes yeah. or no uh no but <laughs> not a complete no I'll, i'll have it every now and then uh okay. i would not go out and buy it myself if someone offers it to me <laughs> then then let's try it <laughs> uh okay all right that's that's interesting you mentioned something about um where if if you grew up seeing people that are very that look like you and then moving um to somewhere where um everyone around you is different it can be challenging Um, but I think it's also like a, it, it helps us grow basically. And Absolutely. I, I, Absolutely. And I think my question at this point is um, for you, like, um, do you feel like you've changed um, as a result? Or rather, how have you changed as a result of, of working abroad? Um, I, I think for, for, for myself, it, it's, it's a unique um a unique experience um I, i i grew up in um multicultural environments yeah so whether i'm whether i'm here or i'm back home or wherever i might be i i just feel like the color of my skin uh, does not define me i'm aware of it but i i don't let it be the sole definition of of who i am um one thing that i've learned being here is i think when i was much younger Uh, I carry that I need to, you know, I need to prove my, I need to prove myself to, to everyone that, you know, I'm, I'm educated. Um, I'm just as good. Uh, whereas now that I'm, I'm, I'm much older, I let my experience or just how I carry myself do the defining for me. So if something is a negative that's said towards me or somebody around me, instead of reacting in a aggressive manner or in an angry manner it's conducting it in a, in a way of you know everybody sort of understands you know that your dynamic so it's up to you to put it to explain it to them in such a way that you enlighten them um 
I had, uh, this is more of a, of a personal issue for me, uh, a personal experience for me. Uh, I remember when I was in university, I was in the mall and these young local kids uh, call me by the N-word. In most cases, people would be, you know, angry and, you know, voice, voice that out. And I said to them, I think what you guys probably need to do is just go, go ahead when you get some time, when you get home, go ahead and read up on the history of, of the N-word. Um, and just make sure that you don't use it in public or I think we're, we're adult but, enough to know that people will use it in, 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 in an, maybe in when they're singing a song, if it comes up in a song. But what I said to them was, you don't want to use that to anyone. Were they being aggressive don't know. or were they trying to be no. friendly? They were trying to be friendly. They, they were trying to be, they were trying to be friendly and cool. All right. All right. Um, but what, how I said to them is you don't know my, my character. I could be an aggressive person and you know, it, it will trigger something in me and it doesn't, the optics of it will not look right anywhere off. And I'm sure the newspapers would have a field day. Ah, you know, uh, uh, an African man, mm-hmm. you know, assaulted some, okay. some children in the mall. That would be the headline. But the backstory of what actually happened, people would not know. So before you approach someone, and, and, and in some cases I feel maybe here, um, it is it, it, it comes across as cool to, to, to some people perhaps. Yeah, because to, to I, say it. That's why I asked because I think that has happened to me before. Yeah, someone trying to be cool yeah. and they, they did that. Yeah. So it's 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 being wary. If it's someone that you already know and you have that you know that the understanding with them, that's fine. To someone just a, a stranger, you are risking a lot because you don't know how that person gonna react. So even when I got home that day, I, I kind of looked back and I said, if, if this had happened to me maybe four or five years ago when I was much younger, my reaction would have been completely different. But now as an adult, even though in that moment, it, there, there was that rage on the inside, how I projected it outwards was, you know, in an educative manner. So I think for me, that was, you know, something that I was like, it's something to be wary of even um experiences where friends parents blatantly say something racist it did not make me look at my friends any different uh because for them they knew the type of person that i was in university um so it's their parents opinion and yes they are your parents and they're an extension of you but you are also an adult and you know, you, you've grown to, you've welcomed me as a, as a friend. You haven't gone by, ah, you know, what will my parents think? Yes, they have their own opinion, but you, it's up to you to still choose to be a friend or for us to part ways. Do you have anything you want to add um, for listeners of the other experts podcast to round up basically? Um, what I would say is um, I, I really appreciate um, you having this platform to, to bring us all together. Um, actually, on the when you gave me the link to the to the Spotify um, sort of webcasts, yeah. I was able to see people that are that I've known from university and oh, wow. you know, my all work right. life as well. All right. So 
um, I haven't gotten a chance to reach out to them uh, and just ask them. So what I would um, suggest is just go ahead and listen to other people's stories. I think what we'll realize is in some fashion or manner, um, we, we are, we might not be in the same locale, but we are part of the same community um, and places like the, like, you know, places like this give us a, a platform to, you know, come together and just talk and just understand that someone else also has their, their own story and their own journey that they're going through. Maybe you, you're feeling a little bit down, you feel you, that there's someone just that, that's being done towards you. I think just listening to like um, other expats and, and just the podcasts make you not feel alone. And uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure you probably have um, ways to, you know, gather, gather people and have them share like the experiences of, you know, if you're out there and you have whatever issue you might be going through, you can reach out to, 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 to other expats. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone that's black, someone that's African, yeah. uh, just anyone. Yeah. Uh, you, you might have local friends as well that, you know, are part of your, um, your, your, your network. Uh, just, I think we're so far away from home and you need that support system around. Yes, we can call family and friends back home, but also on the ground, you just need people that are there for you to, to remind you, look, everything will be okay. On this note, um, we round up this episode of the Other Experts podcast. Um, thank you very much, Danny, for joining us on the podcast. It was really great to have you here and hear your thoughts and experiences. Thank you very much for having me. And I'll see you on the next one. This episode of the Other Experts podcast was created and edited by Reward Inc. The intro soundtrack was by Big Mean Sound Machine, edited by The Small Room Production. Listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Music, and more. Connect with us on your preferred social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Visit our website, otherexperts.com, for resources, blog updates, and more.